Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 124 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I'm wondering, how is your relationship with food going these days? Do you feel at ease with it or do you feel like it's even more complicated? I've spoken to many listeners of this podcast, and I wonder if you're going to relate to this, who've been through lots of different treatment for their eating disorder. If you haven't been through this treatment, this quote unquote treatment for an eating disorder, you may be wondering what I'm talking about. Well, sometimes people go and meet with a therapist once a week for a while, and sometimes that includes a dietitian too, and that helps them to be more at ease with their relationship with food. It may take years but yet they're able to do it on this, what we call outpatient basis. There are other people who need more intensive treatment because the way they're relating to food is uh, maybe not safe or they've been stuck and haven't been able to really make it get any easier for them. And it's not necessarily they're doing it wrong or they're failing. It's just 
they need a different kind of medicine and a higher level of care. Well, we have a letter from someone today who has gone through that kind of experience. She's gone through lots of treatment and different levels of treatment for her eating disorder. And this person describes um, growing up with a relationship with food that felt pretty darn good and dare we say normal. And uh, But then as this person went to college, it got complicated and then it got abusive. And so a higher level of care was needed. And they've only been able to get respite from this abusive relationship with food for a little bit outside of treatment. And they feel like they have to keep going back. So I feel really lucky today because we get to talk to two special expert guests to help us with this letter. They happen to be uh, dietitians and counselors that uh, are working together. That's why we get to talk to both of them. And their names are Corey Van Horn and Melissa Preston. And they are dietitians and counselors out of Denver, and they work at Omni Nutrition and Counseling. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. So if you experience PCOS, you may think you have to go on a diet. There is no other way, even if it feels like torture. Well, I want to let you know that that is not the case. I have helped hundreds of women to move away from diets and to find ways to feel at home in their own skin. And it's a self-paced online course that I've put together. It's 12 steps that kind of like holds your hand and shows you the ropes and helps you to figure out what works for you. Because PCOS and treatment approaches that are like blanket approaches they, they just don't work for most people. And I want you to know that your body's on your side and it can help you figure out what helps you to feel energized again and to help you ovulate again and do all those things that PCOS can get in the way with. The way you can get to the course details is go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. And you're in luck if you do have PCOS or if you just want to learn more about it, I have a very special 10-episode capsule podcast coming out September of 2018. And that is just a few weeks away from when you're listening, if you're listening very quickly after this is released. And I'm going to be doing this podcast with the nutrition grad student that I've been working with for a while. Her name is Kimberly Singh. And this podcast is going to interview some really awesome, interesting people. You can get all the details by checking out my Instagram page at foodpeacedietitian. And I can't wait for you to hear this podcast. I've been working on it for seriously about a year, and I'm excited for it finally to be released to everyone. So let me know what you think. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, as a child, we had a normal relationship. As I got older, the worse our relationship got, and by the time I reached freshman year of college, our relationship was quite abusive. Everything I put into my mouth had to be compensated through exercise. By the beginning of my junior year, I knew this wasn't normal, and with some pressure from one of my best friends, I made an appointment with the dietitian at my school. After a few appointments with her, she encouraged me to talk to a therapist at my school who specializes in eating disorders. After a lot of hesitation, I made the appointment to see the therapist. Six months of seeing that therapist and dietitian did help a relationship, but very minimally. After six months, they told me they couldn't help me anymore and referred me to a treatment center. 
Starting with a new therapist and dietitian in a more intensive treatment was not easy. And food, you got real abusive in so many aspects of my life. Six months of being in this program wasn't very helpful, and I had to go to residential treatment for my eating disorder. After two months of higher levels of care, our relationship was the best it had been in years. It wasn't long until you started to show your dark side again and began to control my every decision. Again, I was sent to a higher level of care for another two months. Our relationship grew stronger in very positive ways during this time. I was sure this was the time we would stay in a healthy relationship, but I've only been home for a few weeks and you're already trying to become the negative aspect in my life again. Food, after being in and out of continuous treatment for nearly two years, will we ever get to a point where you're not bullying me into skipping meals or exercising as punishment? A place where we can have a comfortable and healthy relationship with each other? Because I'm getting real exhausted from fighting with you every meal, every day. Love, desperate, for recovery. Hey, letter writer. I really want you to experience recovery too. I'm desperate for you to feel it as well. Everyone deserves to feel that kind of consistent, steady feeling that recovery provides as they get further and further from treatment. And I'm really excited to talk to two people today to help me answer your letter. I've gotten to know the folks at Omni Nutrition and Counseling. So something you may or may not know about me is I'm a registered dietitian, but I also have a master's degree in mental health counseling. Well, I've started to notice Omni Nutrition and Counseling. They're run by Corey Van Horn and Melissa Preston. They are also dietitians and licensed professional counselors. So they have the same master's degree and they're also practicing as counselors. So they have this really special practice in Denver. And I think they're gonna have some insight that it's gonna help you to move forward. So let's give them a call. Corey and Melissa, how are you? This is Julie Duffy Dillon. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. I am so glad to connect with you. This is so exciting to to sort of meet in real life. And I'm excited to talk to you about this letter I got. And did the two of you get a chance to read it? We did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, let's dive in. Um, It definitely is a letter that I could feel a lot. (laughs) You know, this person has really tried so hard to have a relationship with food that is, dare I say, normal um, and um, struggling for sure. And I'm wondering, what is your general impression about what this person's experiencing? Yeah, I think, you know, this person is, uh, right, like you said, Julie, is obviously experiencing uh, just a, a really difficult relationship with food that seems to be kind of going back and forth a lot. Uh, and you know, the, it seems like there's a lot more under the surface, uh, that is coming out with the behaviors of disordered eating with food, but there's just, there's so much going on under the surface for this person. Yeah, I know. And I wonder if that's part of the 
the struggle or the why things don't feel like they get to a place where it's safe and feels more like how this person's wanting because they're not getting to that under the surface level, you know? And I'd certainly, I think it's something that I've seen with other people I work with. How about you? Yeah, it definitely feels like there's, um, yeah, things that maybe haven't been addressed in this, in this letter writer's experience and going in and out of treatment that maybe um, still needs some space or needs some time for exploring. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, what do you feel like is the reason why, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of people who experience this kind of going in and out of treatment for their eating disorder, no matter what type they have, whether it's binge eating disorder or anorexia or bulimia nervosa, like there's so many different reasons why people will have to go in and out of treatment, but treatment, but there are certainly mm-hmm. people who have to experience this kind of back and forth kind of tug of war with treatment. And do you have any like theories on why or guesses why that happens to so many people? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we think might be going on here is, well, you know, we just really wonder what it, what is it about going into treatment that helps this person? And one of the things that we know is that when you go into treatment, you have so much support and you're kind of, you know, in a sense forced, we could say to, to recover, right. You're forced to do, um, have more normal eating, just have a more normal relationship with, with food. Uh, but then when they come out of treatment, it's really, it's all on their own, right? There's nobody that's supporting them. There's nobody that's helping them. And sometimes I think we see that, you know, people have a hard time really, uh, taking responsibility for their own actions and behaviors. Uh, so kind of the difference between in what we would call intrinsic versus external motivation, uh, so that's, that's one of our theories is, is really just kind of wondering what's happening for this person when they come out of treatment that is preventing them from continuing to have a more normal relationship mm-hmm. with food. Yeah. It's not just about like what this person can do and not do to make it work, but there's so many other parts necessary in order for a person to really like re-enter society and feel like they don't have to go back. Yeah. Like I, it's a, I didn't think about it from that perspective, how this person was basically like carrying the whole burden, like, Oh, I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. But maybe it's something else. Like there's a lacking, that's some kind of system that's not there to help support this person to like be able to succeed and, and move out of treatment and not have to go back. Yeah, totally. And also I think that, um, you know, when, when somebody's in treatment, they're like Melissa said, they have so much support and so much accountability. And then after they leave treatment, they, you know, are kind of forced into back into their life and into real world. And, um, if somebody's readiness is not quite there, it may be that it works while they're in treatment. Um, but then as soon as they, you know, as soon as they leave treatment, the readiness, their own readiness or whatever is getting in the way of their, of their, you know, being able to stay in recovery, um, comes back up, comes back to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so if someone, um, is listening who can identify with this letter writer or the letter writer, um, and for that person, what would you recommend to be the first few steps forward? Mm hmm. Yeah, well, I think that one of the first steps forward, and you know, one of the other things too that we 
uh, haven't mentioned yet is just even the way that they describe their relationship with food, right? They use these words like abusive and bullying and negative punishment. Uh, these are all really, uh, just really harsh, extreme words to describe their relationship. And I would really want to start exploring, um, you know, their relationship with food and, and also how this is coming, coming up in their relationship with other things in their life. You know, oftentimes our relationship with food kind of mimics other things that are going on in our life. Uh, so it, it kind of makes me start to want to explore with them, well, you know, are they allowing themselves to treat themselves with any kind of love or compassion? Uh, because if they feel like things like food is essentially bullying them, right, then what else is happening in their life if they feel like they're getting bullied? Um, if that if that makes sense. Totally, totally does. And, you know, I was thinking about the word choice too when I was reading it. And the thing that I was like, I was like, oh man, I wish this person was sitting in front of me because I would want to know what's making food still seem like the enemy. You know, what is it about it that that like still was making that like this? It seemed like food was like what their person was fighting instead of really. You know, I, I too also, I, I, I find when I talk to someone about their relationship with food, it does mirror how they relate to other people in life or just, it mirrors other relationships too. And, um, you know, as this person starts to connect that in their own life, I'm wondering what can they, what can they do with that then? You know, what do, what do you do with, when you connect that, um, you know, my relationship with food is really tense or, um, not how I want it to be, not compassionate, you know? How can they kind of make that switch then? That's that's a tough question. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things is continuing to work with a team, continuing to work with a dietitian and a therapist to kind of explore what, you know, what abusive relationships or um, bullying relationships exist in their life and ways that they can kind of have autonomy and, and, you know, set boundaries in relationships, even in their relationship with food, instead of, you know, allowing, allowing food to be the abusive or the, the bullying, um, partner, if you will, you know, kind of taking, having some autonomy there and saying like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stand up to this in some way. Um, and I think also it gets into like exploring with, with a therapist, um, other, forms of oppression that this person might be experiencing. We don't know a lot about the letter writer in terms of their identity, but, you know, if there's any racial disparity or economic disparity or anything in their life that is, um, you know, a form of oppression, then that could also be another parallel to look at in their relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely, Corey. And, you know, one thing I would add to that, Julie, is that uh, I think that, you know, when we have this really abusive relationship with food, oftentimes there's a point in our life that where that started, right? Uh, you know, we don't just come out of the womb having a very abusive relationship with food, right? If we think about when we're babies, right? That's one of, that's, that's our first form of love and nourishment, right? Is, is eating, is feeding. Uh, and so I think really starting to explore, like, when did this first happen, right? When uh, cause I know, you know, the letter writer said, 
uh, as they got older, right? And things kind of started to get abusive in college. But usually there's a point that's earlier in their life that something something goes wrong, right? That, that something happens or someone says something to them. And I think really exploring and identifying, well, when did this start, first start to happen? And also then additionally, just even doing some kind of exploration and education around what are our needs in life, right? Food is, it is, it is an essential need, um, just like water, just like going to the bathroom, right? All of these really basic needs that we have. And so really talking about, you know, why, why would we, you know, punish ourselves with something that is just such, such an essential need in our life in order to survive and be a human. Totally. Totally agree. Well, we have something as a part of the show called the food peace syllabus and Corey and Melissa, and I'm wondering if you would like to add anything. And actually, let me also add that in case someone's a, a new listener, the food peace syllabus is a collection of resources like books and blog posts, movies, anything under the sun that helps promote a um, more positive relationship with food and body. And you can get access to the most recent syllabus at juliedillonrd.com. So yeah, I wonder if either one of you have anything that you would like to add to it. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, our own blog that we actually, we, we, we release a new blog every week and Melissa and I kind of take turns um, writing about all sorts of different things, but um, you know, we tend to write from a health at every size and intuitive eating lens um, and just you know, social justice and um, eating disorder recovery and the intersection of those those things. So um, our blog, for sure, which is, you can find at our website, um, omnicounselingandnutrition.com. Yeah. And also, I think another thing that can really, that can really help this, this letter writer that's really related to this are the books called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. Uh, I think that's a great book that can really just start to help people work on having their own self-compassion. Um, in addition to also Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock, both of those books are just really great. Uh, and I think just are very, very related to what we've been talking about today. Yes. I think those would be fabulous resources. And I'll be sure to put your blog and those two books on the syllabus and also put them in the show notes so people don't have to go and search for them. They can just click on it right now. So I really appreciate talking to both of you. It's been fun talking to two people. And um, if someone wants to know more about Omni Nutrition and counseling, is there a way for someone to to do that? Is there a way to get for them to get to know your work? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the first first thing would be our website, which is, uh, like I said, omnicounselingandnutrition.com. And then we also are pretty active on social media. So people can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and we post, you know, we post all of our blogs and lots of other content um, pretty much on a daily basis. So. Mm -hmm. And um, for anyone listening too, I, I, I feel like I didn't mention this earlier, but the two of you are counselors um, and also counselor associate. I know one of you is almost there and, um, yeah. and then also registered <laughs> dietitian. So I feel like that's such an important combination and I'm glad to have your expert insight into this. So, um, are you, is your practice providing both services? It is. Yes. We, mm -hmm. we provide both services. So, you know, I jokingly, uh, call us the target of eating disorders, right? So, <laughs> 
you get both of them in, in one stop. So yes, we usually see people for both counseling and nutrition, which um, is usually a pretty good and a pretty good um, marriage of the two that people need for recovery. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you again, Melissa and Corey. I really, really appreciate your insight, your wisdom, and your time. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thank you, Julie. It's been been fun. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope the conversation I had with Melissa and Corey provided you some new different steps that maybe are just the right time to experiment with. I hope it helps you to maybe not keep going in circles and find firm footing in the direction that you want to go. I see that food has written back, but before that, This episode was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. You can get all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. And don't forget to check out the 10-episode capsule podcast that's coming out this September. And just be on the lookout for it. And if you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating, review, subscribed, or shared the episode. This type of kindness helps the show grow and more people to find that they deserve to be at home in their own skin today. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to Food's Letter. And until next time, take care. Dear Desperate for Recovery, Our travels together have been rocky, uphill, and exhausting. At times, we have felt disconnected and distant. What is behind our stress? What has caused our tumultuous relationship? Along the way, a life event or experience convinced you of a lie, that you're not valuable. Please know we want you to live fully on your terms. We want you to connect with your worth and beauty today and every day. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.